I have an idea of perfection. The perfect swing of the club or bat, the perfect form on the free throw line, that perfectly placed spiral football, and especially those perfect grill marks on a high-quality cut of locally sourced prime beef. It takes lots of time to perfect quality, but a quick, simple call or message to Tucker Family Beef can put locally born, raised, fed, and processed beef in your family's freezer so you can practice and perfect those satisfying grill marks. Give Monty Tucker a call at Tucker Family Beef, 580-515-4477. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Wednesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on a rainy, rainy Wednesday. Thank goodness the forecast was right. What a great sight it is to look out there and see the rain falling. Much needed rain for all across the area. It's supposed to continue most of the day, so hopefully that does happen. And then, and you know what, Jared? It's not in the form of storms. It's just yeah, nice rain, soaking, good soaking rain. So that'll be great uh, for the area. Coming up on the show today, my uh, Tucker family beef is going to be a topic that I've written down. We're going to talk a little college football at the end, some SEC things that filtered out yesterday. One of those is going to be my Tucker family beef of the week. I want you to give me your post-spring practice predictions for Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and the Big 12. Wow, that's a lot. Okay. Uh, NFL draft. <laughs> got a bunch of different questions about the NFL draft. Where's Bijan going? Do the Cowboys have to take him if he's there at 26? Another question. Will Oklahoma, will the Sooners end up with a first-round draft pick? Do you have a favorite player in this draft? Do you have someone you think will be a bust? And I want to know, after all is said and done for the 2023 draft class, who will have had the best career? Those are questions we can have. Text line. Answer to some NBA playoff stuff. Uh, the rookie of the year was announced yesterday. <clears throat> Girls golf regionals were finished up yesterday. I've got some um, results from some area regionals there. Swasu ladies played well over in Arkansas. A former local played well for the Lady Dogs. So that's kind of what we got on the sheet today. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We'll talk about any of those things. Whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, you can stay in touch with the show a few ways. Log on to kadsam.com. Download the app. The app is free, and it's got it all. Radio. All three radio stations here in Elk City. It's got the Penny News, brand new edition of the Penny News. Hit the website last night at midnight. Check out the deals in this week's Penny News, thepennynews.com. Our fearless leader will be trudging through the rain to pick up the print edition of the Penny News today, so you can start seeing that in some locations tonight. For sure, pick up a free copy to buy tomorrow. 
Big Elk TV on air tomorrow, 1 o'clock, with the Big Elk baseball team against Dixon. That's the by district. Best two out of threes. So we'll go back-to-back, hopefully just two games, and that thing will wrap up. You can go back and check out the uh, Girls Golf Regional. We had some videos posted yesterday. Gabe was out there. And so you can check those out at BigElkTV.com. And then also the Skinny on Sports podcast, available everywhere podcast will be. Just check all those. Check those out at anywhere that's at. Hello, Jared. How are you doing? I'm good. Notice your Rangers hat. Your Rangers, my Brewers, kind of hit the skids here against Man, some bad teams. Giving up uh, giving up leads. Big old leads the last two nights for the Rangers. Going on. 6-0, 6-1. Yeah. Last night, 6-1 what, what, up in the 8th, and the Reds score 7. Yeah. Or 6 to win 7-6. Seven, oh, well. My Brewers finally lost a series against Boston. Now they're going to lose two in a row as they've dropped the first two to Detroit. I think it's a three-game skid. Four out of the last five. Not good. Not good. Little little late April swoon here for the well, skinny on sports baseball teams, but it happens. Mean, it's a long season. It's a know? long season. I have to keep telling myself that we're not even out of May. So, all right, we got already one prediction that that mirrors mine very closely. Mm. Predictions for the state schools coming in. All right, so yesterday, amazingly, they did get all these girls golf regionals yeah. finished. It didn't look very promising yesterday morning, but they did. Yeah, Brewers are sad Rodgers is leaving Wisconsin. That's kind of thrown them into a funk. Maybe. Are they? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, That's an interesting one. Are, I didn't, <clears throat> is anybody I didn't, really? I didn't see the city of Green Bay burning down or fans burning Rodgers' jerseys. It is, I didn't see that response from their fan base. It's crazy how eerie it all is with the Brett Favre stuff. Like, okay, you did you did us good. Good luck to you. Thanks. Bye. It, it's, it's secretly they're like we're gonna be better off let's see the new guy yeah we're ready to move on i think too. the new guy last time was a little bit more promising than the new guy this time oh sure yeah all right so the girls golf regionals yesterday yeah. let's start over in clinton with 2a 2a regional there's only two regionals in 2a meaning so there's one in the west one in the east 12 teams go to state so sit the top six qualify for the state tournament team wise in 2a over now you're going to hear in 4A there's only going to be 3 because there were two regionals per side of the state. So instead of having everybody go to one place and having 6 in 4A, there's two regionals and so the top 3 teams go uh, from those. But in 2A over at Clinton yesterday, Moreland was the champion. Uh, they won the the regional by 40 as a team Ooh. at 354. Then it was bunched up tight after that. So Moreland wins. Community Christians going. Uh, they were second at 394. Hooker was third at 396. Merritt Oilerettes are headed to state again at 397. Crescent 398. And then the Mangum Lady Tigers are the sixth and final team out of that regional headed to state with a 405. Couple of individuals are headed to state. Cordell freshman Bertie Brown. The the Brown family. Had a wonderful day yesterday on the links, on the girls' golf, the women's golf links. I'll just tell you that because we'll have uh, her sister coming up here in just a second as well. But Birdie, freshman, 85. Also, Shaddix Harley Schof is headed to state as an individual with know, an 85. How many birdies did she have? I don't know if Birdie made any birdies. <laughs> Listen, if your name's Birdie, you better I, be hitting some birdies. <laughs> I know she, uh, I do know that she is going to state as a freshman uh, individually there at Cordell, 85. Now, the That's others, cool. the scores from Merritt, uh, Peyton Broadbent. Talk about a legacy. You know, her mother was a gunkle. 
Hmm. So her brother and I played in high school together. Um, her aunt, two aunts, were very good college players types. So Peyton living up to that uh, legacy with the 91. Freshman Bentley Whitson. Uh, we get to hear her scores. That's uh, Amber's niece, Blake and Amber's niece. She shot 92. Madison Robinson with a 103. Miley Flowers a 111. And Mia Shepard a 116. So Merritt headed to state again as a team, as is Mangum. Listen, I'm sorry if I butcher this first name. I'm going to go with Asumi Sakakabara. If you say it real fast, maybe you got it right. It sounds right. Sakakabara. She had 94. Uh, Cassie Whetstone with 93. Ashley Denton, 107. Kiara McGill, 111. And Caselyn Brignan with a 126. So both Mangum and Merritt headed to the 2A state tournament. That's over at Bernieville. Know where Bernieville is? Oh, uh, but wait! Don't tell me. Is it down south? No, no. What's the place I was thinking of? No, where's Bernieville? Next to Holdenbrook. Holdenville. It's in Love County. Love County? No, I was in Love County a couple weekends ago. Oh, Ardmore Way. Right. So I, that's okay. That's what I was thinking. Down south, kind of close to the Red River. Yeah, it's very close to the Red River. Right. Falconhead is, I believe, the resort. I think you're right. Bernieville. Yeah, it's like south and west of uh, uh, Ardmore. Right on Highway 32. So that's where they're headed, all those teams. Now, in 4A, there were two regionals on the west side of the state. One right here at Elk City Golf and Country Club. The other was at Kingfisher. Uh, here at Elk City... <clears throat> the Clinton Lady Reds, man, they have come on. As the season has gone along, they have gotten better and better and better. And uh, they are the winner by 20 over Elk City, who was second, Tuttle, and third. So Elk City, uh, Clinton, Elk City, Tuttle, in that order, all going to the state tournament as teams. There was a playoff. Listen to this. This is crazy. So there was a playoff for first place individually. Elena Streber from Tuttle and Addison Litke from Clinton. Mm -hmm. They both shot 82 Brett Barnett was a shot back of that playoff at 83. Senior for Elk City was third. So the two-person playoff, they get ready to go out, and Addison realizes, my dad took my golf clubs. Oh, Landon, what are you doing? My dad took my clubs. <laughs> and so they talked to Coach Lee, Coach Lee obviously, like, uh-uh, I don't know what to do. But So she was able she was able to use one of her teammates' clubs oh, and wow. win the playoff in that, three holes. How awesome is that? That's cool. So Addison Litke was your uh, medalist there at at the regional here, as I mentioned, uh, Streber was second, Brett Barnett third, and then another uh, Clinton Knight, uh, Clinton Lady Red, and somebody that I know close to the show, uh, granddaughter Riley Cummins, was fourth with an eighty six. That's Joe Ray. You know Joe Ray, Joe Ray I, Jones. I graduated with her mama, Ashley. Ashley, I gotcha. So she was fourth. Riley has played a lot. I mean, she's really come on toward the end of the year, uh, and so she was fourth place. So congratulations to all those teams heading on. The other scores for Clinton, Addison Newcomb, Kat Meacham, both had 89s. Grace Meacham had a 91. The other Elk City scores after Brett uh, was Campbell Rainey 90, uh, with an 87, excuse me. Jaden Manning with a 97, Kaylin Burton a 99, and Cam Edney with an even 100. Woodward's Emily Stevens also qualified as an individual with a 107. And then we'll switch over to Kingfisher. Uh, the Weatherford Lady Eagles are headed to state. They were second in that regional behind Bishop McGinnis. Uh, Rachel Carruth shot 84. McKinley Elwick 85. 
Reagan Rosencrantz, 98, Emma McCurdy, 99, and Addison Elwick with 100. So all three I-40 teams, Clinton, Weatherford, Elk City, all headed to the 4A state tournament. That will be next Wednesday and Thursday at Prairie West and Weatherford. So short trips for everybody here this year uh, to the 4A girls state tournament. And then finally on the golf course yesterday, a couple of college things. Swasu men tied for fifth. Swasu ladies ended up third in the Great American Conference Tournament over at Hot Springs, Arkansas. Cordell's Megan Brown, Birdie's big sister, ended up ninth overall in the conference, 75-76-81. Now, Megan's fought through a bunch of injuries here uh, throughout her career at Swass, so congratulations to Megan, the top ten in the conference tournament. Also, up at Prairie Dunes in Hutch, Hutchison, Kansas, the Big 12 men's tournament is rounding out today if they get to play. Sooners up 11 over Texas Tech. Uh, Texas is third, 14 back. OSU is fourth, 18 back of Oklahoma. Sooners had a chance to bury everybody yesterday afternoon, and they struggled coming home. And uh, that that lead could have been 20-plus shots easily if they would have finished yesterday's round. They didn't. So now a little bit of a crack opening up for those other teams chasing down Oklahoma. And you just never know. With the way the conditions are here, who knows? Uh, it'll be a tough day if they get to play at Prairie Dunes. And, you know, leads can evaporate in these conditions pretty quickly. Uh, so that's kind of what happened. I mean, golf was center stage yesterday, really, uh, on the local sports landscape in the high schools and also the colleges. Last night, NBA playoffs, a couple series are over out west. Phoenix knocks out the Clippers in five, 136-130. Uh, Devin Booker was incredible uh, with, what, 47-10. and 10. KD had 31. Westbrook struggled shooting the ball after having great games uh, throughout the series once Kawhi Leonard uh, was ruled out. I think there's lots of question marks for the Clippers moving forward. What do you do with Russell? Do you, do you bring him back? And then how long do you go with this Paul George, Kawhi Leonard pairing that seems in theory to be awesome, and when they play, it's pretty good? But gosh, Jared, you just – can't count on either one of these guys to be there in the most important games of the season. No. No, I listen, I'm bomber. I'm moving on. I'm fed up. Uh listen, we let's let's get to our Tucker family beefs later. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Cuz I, I might rehash a lot of it what I'm about to say. So. Okay, but uh I I think there's got to be some some frustration and some concern clipper wise with what's going on. Uh, last night, it, it looked like the Hawks were dead and gone. And then all of a sudden, they get back in it. They have a chance. And the most underrated player in the league, according to his peers, did this. And Hunter. And here's Young. Backtracks. Five to two. Young lets it go. And oh! hits. Woo! Ice cold. 119, 117, but there's still one point. There you go. Trey Young, I don't know, what, 35-footer at the top of the key. I think I had seen that was the second game winner in NBA history from over 35 feet. The other one, everybody remembers, it was the bye-bye Dame Lillard shot against the Thunder back in 2019. Uh, Trey had 38 and like 13 assists. He was awesome without DeJounte Murray who was suspended for the game for bumping a ref after game five, or excuse me, game four. So Atlanta forces a game six back at home. They're still down 3-2, uh, but maybe a little vindication there from Trey Young after what we saw with the, the 
kind of the the voicing uh, of his peers of him being the most under, uh, overrated, overrated guy. Yeah, being the most overrated guy in the league. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, there's you know, I'm glad to see that he's still playing because there's always there's there's been real loud rumblings of him possibly either wanting out or Atlanta wanting to move him out. So there's still motivation there. Got a finger in the air. You're telling me to shut up with your no, finger. No, what, no, no. What, I what's just, that? Before your Tucker family beef of the week, uh huh. I just want to let you know, breaking news from Shams, Kawhi Leonard had a torn meniscus in his right knee. Well, like, which I, is I way still... worse than what I thought. Okay. I, I thought he was just not feeling great. All right, I can still kind of go where go I with... want to go. Okay, because this isn't about the immediate; it's about the whole tenure in Clipperland. There. So. Okay. Anyway, that that was just breaking news because it seemed like, and and this is the problem with with the teams. I, I get why they don't want to fire that out there during the series because it, it it lets the other team know things that maybe you don't want them to know, right? Sure. But yeah. at the same time. It also brings on speculation and, and really, in a lot of ways, negative thoughts about one of your players. Because it, with, with Leonard's – and he does it himself. I mean, with all this – the way he left, he basically just quit on San Antonio to get to Toronto. Now he's been at the Clippers. And, you know, he is the poster child of load management. And it almost felt like he was load managing in the playoffs. But if, if you just come felt, out, yeah. but if you just come out and say he tore a meniscus, he tore his meniscus in his right knee, then all that goes away. And there were also other off-court issues with his family, which I totally get. Yeah, so, I told you know I get all that, but I, my, my beef is the entirety of his of well, his, hell, his career. But we'll anyhow, move on. we'll get there. All right, so that's where we're at uh, with the with the NBA playoffs coming up tonight. There are actually four games, three series could end. The Knicks are at Cleveland with a 3-1 lead. The shocker of all the playoffs so far, I think, is Miami, the eighth seed with a 3-1 lead over the top-seeded Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis missed a couple of those games. He was back the other day. Jimmy Butler with 56. He was like the fourth-highest playoff total in, in the NBA history. He was just awesome, 21 of those in the fourth quarter. Lakers can knock out Memphis with a 3-1 lead, and then the best series by far – has been Golden State and Sacramento. It's 2-2, game five at Sacramento. Darren Fox says there's no way in HE double hockey sticks that he won't play, even though he's got some uh, a broken bone in the tip of his shooting finger. We'll see how that affects him. Uh, he seems to be an integral part of what Sacramento has been able to do. But uh, that's been a fun series, a competitive series. You really kind of wish all of them were like that, running up and down the, the floor, scoring 125 a game. It's That one's been very 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 good whereas the rest of the playoffs a little bit underwhelming honestly especially when you think about what the Clippers didn't have for the Phoenix Suns and without what they didn't have still highly competitive in those games just missing that final couple of ingredients to really make a difference I I truly believe in my mind with a fully healthy Clipper team which that may be an anomaly and it's something you can't even really say, but with a fully healthy Clipper team, I think they beat Phoenix. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think they do. But yeah, and that's something you just never I, get. I, as a overall in the first round, I was hoping that we would get really good competitive series because 
and I'll credit uh, Barry Trammell for this because he pointed this out a couple weeks ago. We didn't have a real dominant team right. overall this year. You know, what was the most wins around uh, 50 some? Something like that. There was we two teams that won 50? Yeah, we didn't have these overly <clears throat> dominant teams throughout the entire season. And so, by virtue of that, I thought we're going to get a really good first round playoff series. You know, up and down the board. You know, we we might see an eight push the brink on a one. Or you know, and, and up and down. So, a little disappointed we didn't get that. I get it. Injury plays a large part in that. That we've seen with some of the some of the bigger names, and and we mentioned the Clipper thing. So, um, maybe the second round will give us that. I think second round. <clears throat> there was two in the West: Denver and, and Memphis. Four in the East that won fifty. Fifty eight wins from uh, Milwaukee Lehigh, uh, but. Uh, and and guess what? The team that won the most games in the league is in serious, serious trouble down 3-1 uh, to a Miami team that really kind of floundered around all year mm-hmm. and wasn't quite what a lot of people thought they would be. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll hit the NFL draft. bunch of questions I have today. Trying to save the real hard-hitting ones for tomorrow on draft day. Are you gonna eat, are you gonna eat pancakes in the morning in the morning? <laughs> Good question. I don't know. <laughs> we'll be back. I have an idea of perfection. The perfect swing of the club or bat, the perfect form on the free throw line, that perfectly placed spiral football, and especially those perfect grill marks on a high quality cut of locally sourced prime beef. It takes lots of time to perfect quality, but a quick, simple call or message to Tucker Family Beef can put locally born, raised, fed, and processed beef in your family's freezer so you can practice and perfect those satisfying grill marks. Give Monty Tucker a call at Tucker Family Beef, 580-515-4477. The Skinny on Sports. It's in the hole. Stop the presses, Jared. Breaking sports news <clears throat> here in Western Oklahoma. I mentioned our fearless leader headed to get the penny news. Right. He probably still has a giant smile on his face <laughs> because last night, Tuesday night scramble, Elk City Golf and Country Club, three-week carryover, money on the line. Brandon Thomas, Mike Wilson, the commish, Tate Fennell, and one, Blake Brewer. Playing well, but not playing well enough. Know they need to do something special to force a carryover. Number six, par four. Water left off the tee. Water left at the green. Our fearless leader hits it dead down the middle to 65 yards out. After one of his teammates stuffs it in there for a sure kick-in birdie, which still won't be good enough, Blake Brewer cashes it in from 65 yards out for an eagle two and forcing a carryover. Wow. Wow. If only he was awake and able to come in and tell us that story himself. Wow. Well, who sent it to you? I saw it on Facebook. Alex posted it on Facebook. (laughs) If only. How cool. All right. So there you go. Golf was the main show. I told you golf was the show yesterday around Western Oklahoma. 
you wouldn't think with weather like that, <laughs> golf would be the headline today. But from, a lot from, of good golf played it at Elk City from Sa- Country Club. From Sarah National, roars echoed the course. Oh, it was at Sarah. No, 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 it was here. Oh, oh, but oh. Text from Sarah National. I got you. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, let's see here. All right, let's go to the NFL draft. Let's do it. Jared, where is B. John Robinson going Man, to get drafted? That's the one question on this rundown I'm still struggling with. Um, I can see uh, – I could see him going as high as 10 to the Eagles just so he's not there for Dallas to take. I can see him going to Dallas because it's a situation of darned if you do, darned if you don't, if you're Jerry, and, and there's there is a need there. Um, I'm seeing on some mocks around, uh, Detroit, which they need a splash. You know, they need a, they need something like that, but I will go the route of early second round. Oh, wow. I I just, I, I just think there's this, I just keep feeling like there's this stigma of running backs in the first round that you just don't do it. Like instead of the, on the piece of paper, Vontae Mack, no matter what, no running backs in the first round, no matter what. But, I mean, I'm shooting from the hip on that one. I want to say Dallas, but that's that. I'm, I'm, I'm I need to take off my my uh, my silver and blue glasses here. What, uh, what say you? You've seen Eagles starting to see the Falcons just because they are a team that is notorious for drafting the best player on their board. I think that I think the fact that these teams are going to have him in the top five on their draft boards of best players, no matter what keeps him slide. He keeps him from sliding in the second round Mm -hmm. because it's going to come to a point where the teams that, that will draft the best player are going to look at their little formula and go, wait a minute, I'm picking 24th and I can get a top four? What does that value show you on the, on the Jimmy Johnson value card? And it's just going to be too great. But here's what I'll say. I don't know what pick it's going to be because I don't know which pick they're really going to settle with. But I think wherever the Ravens pick in the first round is where B. John Robinson is going. Whether it be 23 or whether they move up to get him. I think the mm. Ravens are the team that drafts B. John Robinson. So could they move up as high as... I think uh, they can move to the Steelers pick at 17. I think they could move a lot of different places. But especially if he gets past, say, the Eagles, the Titans right through there, then you know the Patriots always are willing to move down. Could that be a trade at 14? from the Ravens to get up to that high. But you I think, think you think Indy is married to that three pick. I don't think they'll move that high to get him. I don't think they have to. I don't think they have to, but I'll say the Ravens is where, but what if the Ravens think, you know what? We can get that three pick. Is it, you know, it for Lamar, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Would Indy, well, then would Indy bite on that? Cause I don't know if Indy would, but Carolina or uh, I'm sorry, Arizona at three might. But they may don't want to. The, the problem with moving I'm sorry, up. I'm sorry, I forgot. Yeah, that's that fine. A, uh, but I, I don't. I'm looking at a mock and I'm seeing projected trades. I'm yeah, I got you. And and maybe you know, does Arizona want to give up the chance to draft a, an influential player at three to support what they've got? 
to move down that far. It's, you know, that's a pretty decent drop, even though, you know, it's still a first round pick. I don't, but if they move there, they're not moving there to draft Bijan. No. They're moving there to draft because you would think it would take Lamar and that pick to get that done. They're drafting quarterback. Yeah. If he's going to the top 10, I agree with you. Falcons or, or even Eagles. Eagles is a team that you've seen. Uh, but I, I just have a feeling the Ravens is where he's going to go because I don't think they're going to trade Lamar. And I think that that makes them, with what they did receiver-wise with OBJ, Bijan, now all of a sudden, ooh, watch out. You, you know, you feel like you've got them making something real. You mentioned the Cowboys. If he is there at 26, do the Cowboys have to take him? Uh, personally, like I said, I want them to, but I don't think they have to. I think they can find somebody in later rounds or later picks um, that that can – it, it'll really tell us how they feel about Tony Pollard if they do. I don't think that matters one iota to them. What I don't think that – I think it would be purely – if, and, and I believe that most people in the DFW area think they have B. John Robinson as a top three guy in this draft. For hmm. sure top five overall player. If he gets to 26 and they don't take him, that goes against everything they've done, drafting with best player available. We saw it We saw it work to perfection. I mentioned it on Monday with the C.D. Lamb draft. Mm-hmm. They had him way higher than, than a lot of people did. When he got to them at 17, they had to take him because he was by far the best player available. Yes, there was a need at corner. Yes, there was a need other way, other, way, uh, other places. I'm sorry. Defensive end was one of them at the time. Underwear. And underwear. <laughs> underwear. But they had to take him because of, of how much value he gained on their board. And guess what? They were able to get Trayvon Diggs in the third round. I'd say that worked out pretty well Yeah, with with those two guys. It, it doesn't matter what order they're picked in. They both were fantastic. And the only reason you're able to get them both is because you you stuck with your board. So you think if he's available at 26... They won million percent take him. I mean, you want... I wouldn't be more surprised if I woke up with my head sewn to the carpet <laughs> if they don't, just because it just goes against everything they believe or seem to believe mm-hmm. when they're in that draft room and, and working off of their draft board. Mm-hmm. Will OU have a first-rounder? No. No, I'd say mid-second. Oh, I don't think – uh, for me, just watching, looking at the second-round mock drafts, Anton Harrison does not get past the first pick in the second round. Oh, really? Pittsburgh. The first pick, I mean, almost everyone I've seen that doesn't have him actually in the first round has that. Now, okay. depending on how it falls, you never know. Because, But Pittsburgh, and most years, number 32 is a first rounder. But because the Dolphins got that pick taken away, 32 is now the first pick in the second round. I actually think he's going to squeeze into the end there somewhere. I, I think that he's going to squeeze right maybe from Buffalo down. Somebody will take him. And, and you know what? Depending on what the board looks like, he could be a possibility at Dallas, too. Because of his versatility and, and yeah. able to move things around on the offensive line. If the tight ends are gone, if Bijan's gone, if they don't like a receiver that's there, I could see that being a pick. Just to, to re, you know, some of those guys are getting old, you know. Oh, it's, it's time to it's revamp time it. To Absolutely. Of, it's time to start that. that that's right. That process. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Do you have a favorite player in this draft? 
Uh, give me either one of the higher graded tight ends, but I'll go with Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. I've been high on that guy for a while. Yeah, I mean he. <clears throat> there was two moments where you thought, man, that guy's pretty good. One was the Rose Bowl against Ohio State a couple of years ago when that that just fun game back and forth, mm-hmm. and then the first game against USC in Salt Lake. It seemed like he was the one making every big play that night from Cam Rising. He kind of burst on the on into my consciousness, and now when you start, you go, "Oh yeah, that guy, right? That'd be awesome." <laughs> he was he was great against USC that time. He was great in the. That's when I do, that's what I do when I see when I watch good players on good teams other than OU or OSU, and I start to wonder how that guy look wearing that Dallas. That's jersey? right. Do we need him? Is he a you know, spot? That's a spot. Maybe he could be over there. You know, you start thinking like that. But he's a guy that every time I've seen him play, which isn't a lot, it's Utah. You don't, you don't, you know, plan your Saturday around a Utah game if other than them beating USC. But when they were on and I could watch him, he's a guy I always pointed out. And every time I've watched him, I, I fell more in love with the dude. Sam's got a great point. Everybody looks good against USC's defense. That is a great point. <laughs> I felt the same way about this guy. And then when you didn't know what Dallas was going to do in the secondary. Safety wise, especially, would they re-sign some of these guys? He ended up doing uh, re-signing most of them, but I felt the same way about Branch, Brian Branch at, at Bama. He just seemed like he was all over the field every time you watched him, mm-hmm. uh, and so he would be my if if there's a favorite. I I love him, and he's kind of that Swiss Army knife guy that can do a lot of different things back there in the secondary uh, for for anybody that drafts him. He's kind of in that maybe. Late first, down to the mid-second. Maybe Dallas could figure out a way to get get him in the fold in that second round. Who do you think is going to be a bust? I wrote down Anthony Richardson. So did I. I don't get it. <clears throat> I've seen him. I'm looking at a mock right here going as high as three. Nothing about – now, the dude is athletic. We've seen it. And um, but I just – there's some – just there's some intangibles – that just don't stand out to me. He just looks like a guy that's rated too high that will not meet up to those expectations, which is just the definition of being a bust. I've got a tangible. He only competed he only completed fifty three percent of his passes oh, that, at Florida. Yeah, why is he? Dude, rated that's gotta so be like sixty five in college. Why is that rated so high? He is so athletic. Yeah, I mean he's athletic, it, sure. Well and, and look what look what's happened over the last couple of years. Some guys, you know, with Josh Allen. He had huge accuracy concerns at Wyoming. Guess what? They fixed it. And he's become, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's just, you know, Herbert wasn't necessarily the most accurate. A cannon for an arm. And part of that was the what happened. You know, Oregon was a little up and down. Guess what? He's fixed. He's awesome. I, I think that's part of it when, when you see these guys. And, and the game is changing. I mean, people have a lot of faith in Justin Fields, and he can't throw it from me to you to yeah. a certain level. Now, to get to the highest of highest levels of quarterback in the NFL, you have to make that transformation that like Josh Allen did. But just to be a serviceable serviceable guy, Justin Fields is. And all he can do is run. This comp is going to be kind of weird, but is Anthony Richardson – now, what's the biggest knock on Lamar Jackson? That same thing. His throwing. Well – You know, but he was an MVP – at his high level, he he plays some pretty dang good football. So maybe Andy's thinking if we get him, we can develop his passing. 
and we got a pretty athletic guy that we can work around with. But to me, this nothing stood out to me at Florida. Again, I think he's a bust, potential bust. Well, and I'm hope I'm wrong. I mean, I, I get the Lamar. I like, I like athletic guys that that create excitement on the screen for me, you know. But I don't see it with this guy. Lamar's also almost sixty five percent for his career. That's a lot. I think whether or not he can do it at the big big moments, he can clearly do it during the regular season. Lamar can. I mean, he's, like you said, he's been the MVP. And he also, if you'll notice the last couple of years, the Ravens were really good with him and fell off a map without him. I But I'm the same way. Here's another guy. I think I think this guy, it totally depends on where he goes. Because if he gets into the right fit and the right culture, he might be the best player. He might end up being the best player out of this draft. If he goes to the wrong fit and the wrong culture, he might be headed down bus territory. That's Jalen Carter. I was gonna. He was my one B answer. And I think it totally depends on where he goes and the the fit culturally for him. It obviously worked at Georgia on the field. Now, in this time off, he's gained weight. You know, maybe not, maybe not as structured. So maybe the, the he needs to go somewhere where it's very, very structured. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Last question on the draft for today: Who will end up having the best pro career out of everybody in this draft? I'll go. I think this is a guy, and he can kind of. I mean, he's going to turn into those guys where you always have to game plan i think that you would always offensively have to game plan around him and i think it's will anderson jr from alabama wherever he goes i think he he has he he is the opposite of what jalen carter has been as far as post college pre-draft it makes sense carter had the off the the the, what is a misdemeanor try i don't know what the driving thing Mm -hmm. the out of shape thing anderson jr he's been going through the car wash if you will i've seen him in multiple interviews saying all the right things getting putting in the right workouts from a premier college program where they just have a a program that's putting people into the nfl every single dang year and making an impact while they get there out about alabama will anderson jr how about you i got this is going to be the least sexy choice Possible. That wasn't sexy at all either because yeah, oh, but he oh might, you really went crazy there. You picked a linebacker out of Alabama. Yeah, yeah. but he might. But he'll, his play will be recognizable. Mm-hmm. Sacking the quarterback, making you know this guy. No one's even going to know. You want to pick a guy low in the draft, right? No, that, I'm okay. going to pick a top ten, a guy that okay. most people think is top ten. But for what? Because of where he plays, nobody cares. Peter Skaronski. Even know who he is? <laughs> no, he's the offensive lineman from Northwestern. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's the guy that everybody says he's Zach Martin. Oh, okay. And so if you can draft Zach Martin in this draft, I think that'll be the best player eventually. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Peter Skaronski, offensive lineman for Northwestern. What's the definition of best career? Longevity? Impact during that longevity? I would say the – I mean, I, I think there's immediate obvious – Immediate impact that gets you a quick contract? What is it? All NFL – you know, like all pro teams – not so much pro bowls unless you just have you know you're there every year but i think there's recognition that offensive linemen can get 
to to be there. They're never going to be the I MVP. I almost went to answer that question. I almost went offensive line because you see so many guys have long successful mm-hmm. careers yeah. on the offensive line. It's not a sexy position. It's not highlight. You know, like Lane Johnson or who am I? Who am I missing? Orlando Brown. Yeah, I mean, but they get paid. Yeah. And they play for a long time. Yeah, I mean, if you and that's a successful career. I think you have an offensive lineman that has ten years and you know three All Pros and eight Pro Bowls. It's going to take a dang good skill position guy to be better than that. Mm-hmm. But once again, that's why nobody wants to pick anybody like that on the offensive line because it's hard to quantify. How about this? He blocks the heck out of whoever's in front of him and keeps the quarterback upright for a decade. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, that's that's where – so I think he's like the surest thing there is in this draft. I like it. To be a very good player for a long time. I like it. Whoop. You got whoop, a, you whoop. Got a draft party lined up? There is one over at Sayre National because oh. there's the scramble. Oh, okay. After the scramble. I don't think – listen, we're, my phone we here. are in total moving mode. I don't know if know, I'm going to have that chance. I just you that before the show. By the way, three spots left. In the, in the Bob and the AM, we'll be back. I have an idea of perfection. The perfect swing of the club or bat, the perfect form on the free throw line, that perfectly placed spiral football, and especially those perfect grill marks on a high-quality cut of locally sourced prime beef. It takes lots of time to perfect quality, but a quick, simple call or message to Tucker Family Beef can put locally born, raised, fed, and processed beef in your family's freezer so you can practice and perfect those satisfying grill marks. Give Monty Tucker a call at Tucker Family Beef, 580-515-4477. The Skinny on Sports. Fuck! Yeah! Ing! Yeah! Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal, wrapping up a Tucker Family Beef Wednesday with our Beefs of the Week and some college football talk. Tucker Family Beef. I'm telling you. But, yeah. That, I, we, there, we've run out of superlatives to describe the eating experience with Tucker Family Beef. We have. It is locally born, raised, fed, and processed prime American beef, Sunny Point, Oklahoma. There are all kinds of options. You can order it individually. You can order a bundle of it. You can order a bulk, a half, a, a quarter, a whole of beef. Check them out on their website, tuckerfamilybeef.com. I got a Facebook page as well. Comes with the highest recommendation from us. It does. It's coming up that time. I know it doesn't feel like it today, but it, it's coming up that time of year where you're going to be wanting to grill out a lot. I know last week, Monty had sent me that you could have a half, a quarter, or a whole. You could have that in your freezer by the official start of grilling season for some people, which is Memorial Day. Tucker Family Beef. All right, what's your beef of the week? I'll be quick. I know we're short on time, but it it, it is the whole Kawhi Leonard, you know, career. Um, great player, kind of phones it in. I get he is the the poster boy of load management, but I I guess I'm sick of it when we know there's that potential of him and Paul George, and he's not innocent either. 
and I get there are other there's severe injuries and everything, but when you're just choosing not to play because you just don't want to play and, and you think it'd be better off in the long run, well, how'd that work for you, Kawhi? You still got hurt. For the fan's sake, who wants to sit down and watch good, great, not even good, great basketball, and kudos to Russ for doing everything he could to try to keep that franchise afloat, to maybe pull out a big upset against Phoenix and move on. But I'm just, I guess my beef is I'm tired of the load management overall, and, and namely Kawhi Leonard. Unfortunately, it worked one time. It worked one time. And it hasn't worked since. I'm waiting for the Clippers show to, to take off, and it's just not happening. So, a little tired of it. Just coming from a fan, I want to see, and I, I think I've had a beef like this before. If I'm buying a ticket to go to a game, I want to see all the players play. Um, if I sit down and invest my time to watch a basketball game, thinking, all right, it's going to be great. It's going to be KD and and uh, the Phoenix Suns versus Kawhi and Paul George and, and Russ and the Clippers. Oh, wait, they're out? Oh, oh, okay, he's really hurt? Okay, but man, I thought he did the whole load management thing to preserve his physical integrity for a playoff run. And it didn't work out for you, Clippers. Again, give me 100% star-filled basketball. I don't think load management's working. I'm tired of it. That's See, my beef. I, I wonder if that's going to be something that people will look into. Because... It does seem like, and maybe it's just prisoner of the moment and the a little bit too much of, you know, what have you done for me lately with this playoffs. But does it not feel like the, as the load management era has started, these superstar guys are getting hurt in the playoffs more often? Right. Is their body not conditioned for it because they've been the load? You, you, know? you go from, you just ramp it up so quick to start the playoffs that you're not. Your body's not ready for right. it. It's like working out. And some you of it's freak yeah, injury. Yeah. I get it. It's But at the same time. When you work out, you consistently work out. You consistently do it. Night in and night out. Your regiment, whatever you do. You can't just stop and then expect to, to bench press 200 and then think you're going to be okay. It's gonna Your body's going to say, wait a minute, I'm not used to this. Maybe that is part of it. I wonder if it's not. I wonder if that's. I mean, I, with the way this stuff goes, it'd be hard. I'll be. I would be hard pressed to believe that anybody would ever admit to that, because everybody in the the community of the NBA has gone so deep into loving the idea. You know, the the, the answer is short this season, but that's a long conversation. Yeah, yeah. My Tucker family beef of the week. I agree with that though. Shorten the season. Yeah, it started on Christmas Day. Totally agree. Playoffs, this should still be regular season. Playoffs all alone in the summertime with just baseball, regular season baseball. Because then, then you know what would happen? The beauty of the hockey playoffs would be more out there in the public eye. Yeah, which, by the way, I am enjoying. Oh, it's awesome. That Edmonton Kings series has been awesome. We've had awesome, a ton of goals, multiple overtime games. Not in just that series, but the entire first round of these playoffs of hockey. Go ahead. What's it's yours? been fantastic. It's My Tucker family beef of the week. Is people, OU fans, OU fans, I'm talking to you. Whatever you do, do not get hooked by Paul Feinbaum. Yeah, he's he's baiting you here. Don't get hooked into the Paul Feinbaum. This is something going into the SEC. 
It's he's the best troll in media. That's the only way you can explain how a dude that was just hanging out at Birmingham doing a radio show is now all over ESPN. He's a great troll. Don't get hooked into this. You see the headlines from what he said, but if you'll if you'll just listen to what he said, he said absolutely nothing. He said, oh, some people think that Brent Venables isn't the answer and the trajectory of the OU program is bad. Some people believe it's fine. I mean, it's just don't get hooked into Paul Feinbaum. That's called talking out of both sides of your That's face. That's exactly what he did. But he does it in a sensationalized way that he accentuates the negative, but then also mentions the positive. Right. Don't get hooked into Paul Feinbaum. Don't let him troll you, OU fans. It's going to be a daily battle. Once you move into the SEC, and listen, his show—it's entertaining. Oh, if, yeah. you, if you like yeah. train wrecks, it's entertaining. The callers are hilarious. The callers, He's yeah. pretty fun. He knows how to—he knows how to get the best out of them. If that makes sense, right? But just don't get hooked. No, whatever you do, no, don't get hooked, Paul Feinbaum. Also, all right, let's go college football now. Yeah, did you see the SEC? Speaking of, and mm-hmm. what they're attempting, yeah, I did with, this, with the field storming. I did. All right, so I'm not totally against it, but I did. Go it, ahead. It's an interesting idea because one of the most viral videos you saw last year was when Tennessee beat Alabama, mm-hmm. and it was the chancellor or the president or I think the president of the university, like, "Oh, it's going to cost a hundred grand, and we would do it every day." You know, with the fans storming the field, there was While the incident. He's smoking the cigar, yeah, but, but the, seriously though, there was the incident. Incident with the Bama player and the Tennessee fan, and 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 all that. And so the, the it's funny who the three subcommittee members are, right? Georgia, Alabama, and Kentucky ads. Which, when you think about who gets their field slash court stormed against them, it's those. I, I think I read this morning in the article Trammell wrote. The last seven road losses Alabama suffered in the SEC, every single team stormed the field. Right. You know, Kentucky, that's that's one of those um, that when you beat them on your home floor, it happens. Georgia is going to be the same way. And so the idea here is money's not working. Fines are not working. Fines are not keeping people in the seats. So. Tasers. <laughs> we saw pepper spray in Norman <laughs> in 2000 on the Nebraska game. That didn't work, other than getting people a bunch of itchy eye. Well, maybe it did. It hasn't happened since. But there hasn't been a big upset or a big monumental program-turning win. Yeah, I mean, at that point, then it was established. You know, the only chance I would have thought possibly Tech in 08, just with the way that Bob egged the fans on to get them revved up that night. But But it's beneath the OU fans to storm Yeah, and that season, OU was still a top-10 team and still very good and they expected to be in that game and, and be in it at the end of the year, right? They weren't in 2000. That's right. There's so much more than just that game in 2000. It was a sign of, we're back. Oh, number yeah. one. We're back to number one, yeah. literally with that win. Anyhow, so here's what is being proposed in the SEC. So we let's take Alabama and Tennessee since it happened last year. So if the proposal passes, here's what would happen. Tennessee stormed the field this year against Alabama in 2022, or the 2022 season. Those two teams play every year. So this year it would be at Alabama. Next year it's supposed to be at at Tennessee in 24. Guess what? 
it's back at Alabama. So essentially, you lose the next home game against that opponent that you stormed your own field against. Right. So that would mean Alabama would get to play Tennessee three straight years in Tuscaloosa. That's a pretty harsh penalty. Not very. And one that I think, as Mike uh, or as uh, Greg Sankey said, he is trying to. The idea here is to retrain the fans to stay in their seats. Yeah, I get it. And, and the overall thing about this is player safety and fan safety. Fan safety. safety. The, the, I mean, it's going to happen. Barry said this yesterday, too. Someone's going to get caught up underneath the swarm of feet. And, and unfortunately, that does not end up well. Just look overseas at major soccer mm-hmm. tramplings and stuff like that. It's not a good deal. It looks fun on TV, but I can't imagine being in the middle of that. I would, I would, a little claustrophobic. But. Yeah. Well, he said that uh, Syracuse the last two times, Syracuse in '97, mm-hmm. which I was there for that. I was there for both games actually. Really. And but he said he he was he was moving without moving his legs. Yeah, that's scary. The, the swarm of people just went with him. That's scary. Yeah. It's 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 fan safety, but it's also to avoid incidents like what we saw, where a player listen, you get the wrong. Yeah, you, you you go up to the wrong guy, and next thing you know, you are out. Yeah, these are big, huge dudes, huge athletes, and normal people. And listen, the player needs to show a little self control, but there's a lot of emotion, a lot of adrenaline mm-hmm. still pumping at the end of that game because it came down to a kick, an ugly one at that, and he thought that might not go through. Yeah, but it's it's fan safety, player safety. I get it, and there, but on the other side of it. There are appropriate times to storm the field. Those goalposts are still in that river, from what I understand. I get all that, but they need to. It, but when you hear about the multiple times, it don't make it the norm. But where is the place where they always? Is it Clemson where they always storm a home win? No, surely not. Wait, I'm look it up. There's a place, and so I remember people would go, "Why are they running the down?" The, it's like the, that's tradition. They do it every time. Well, they run down the hill. At I Clemson. think I think it might be Clemson. I'm not 100 percent sure. Anyhow, but what you said there, it's becoming the norm, and it used to be kind of a phenomenon that was left for only the biggest of things. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just I get why they're trying to do it. It's it's double pronged, and the last thing that anybody wants to do is be retroactive against this stuff when somebody dies. So they're trying to be proactive, and this is a way. Maybe that this is a way to keep people in those stands. And not get them to fly out on the field. It is Clemson. Is it? What do you mean? They storm the field? The fans? They do. Um, down South Carolina head coach Dabo Swinney has built it. I'm trying. There's an article about this. Huh. I'll send it to you. That is news to me. Okay, they, now. They do. After, it's 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 a tradition. But I don't think it's as violent. Well, yeah. yeah. They go out there. They just go out don't there. Don't just go, go running onto the field. Right. Probably the whole student section goes out there and sings the Okay, that's alma mater that's different than what you think of as a field storming. Sure. Uh, OU spring game, we talked about it on Monday. Sam, I was at the game. Defense looked faster. Three busted coverage, but for the most part, no one was They were in position to make plays. That's a vast improvement defensively if that happens during the season for OU, the way that they've been. Uh, so now that post uh, that uh, spring practice is over, we've seen a lot of the spring games uh, from the teams in the league. What is your prediction? Give me your give me your record for OU, your record for OSU, and who do you think at this point will be in the Big Twelve title game? Oh, you had to do that to me. I'll go with OU nine and three. 
with losses to Texas at BYU and TCU. OSU, not going to like this. So many question marks. I really wish there was a spring game so I can have a better feel for them. Uh, it's a down year, guys. I think it's going to be six and six. And there are, there's some teams that I think they'll lose God, who to. Who are they going to lose to? Iowa State, Kansas State, at West Virginia, OU, at Central Florida, and BYU. All right. I have 10 and two for OU just because of the schedule. It's not because I think they're going to be great. But my God, that schedule is easy. The easiest non-conference schedule since 2000. Difference is the conference isn't the the conference that it was in 2000. Oklahoma misses Baylor, who has been a team that has consistently been able to beat Oklahoma. Kansas State, who obviously has. They also miss Texas Tech, who I think is going to be a very good team this year. So the schedule breaks great that way. Their road schedule within the league Nothing scares you at Cincy, at KU, at BYU, at OSU. Eh, okay, whatever. Provo scares me. Yeah, I mean, come on. It just looks like one of those games where you think you're going to go in and they're jacked up. And and, and then, listen, they're going to lose a couple, but that schedule is off. If if Oklahoma – It's charming soft. Nine and three ought to be the floor for OU. I've got them 10 and two making the Big 12 title game just because the schedule is so soft. I've got OSU at eight and four, just like Scott. Scott had nine and three OU, eight and four for OSU, and and their schedule, man, they miss all the Texas schools. Yeah, Baylor, Tech, TCU, and Texas, and they get to play all four newcomers. I think that's a huge advantage. And I'm like, I don't know how good OSU is going to be, but I know who how good I don't think that schedule is. Yeah, and so give me OSU at eight and four, OU at ten and two, I've, and the, I've... my Big Twelve title game is Red River. OU and Texas. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Texas, Kansas State. And it's a big part of it is because OU doesn't have to play Kansas State. Right. But I, I like I, – I'm finally – I've always been high on Kansas State and climbing. Let's see what I'll happens. Texas let's, and Kansas State. Let's see we, what happens to Kansas State when fails, people think they're good. Yeah, everyone fails to remember they did win the Big 12 title. They did. Even though TCU went on to play for the national title. Mm-hmm. But they did win it. They know how to win. They know how to play big games. Is it crazy for me to think that the scariest road game for OU is Kansas? It's not crazy. It's not crazy at all. I mean, last time they were there, it was, it was, a, it was a tight took a, game. It took a miracle, possibly illegal play to yeah. win. Uh, scariest for me is Provo. It's BYU. It's weird that neither one of them are staying Stillwater. We'll see. We'll see. Everybody uh, have a great Tucker Family Beef Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. I have an idea of perfection. The perfect swing of the club or bat. The perfect form on the free throw line. That perfectly plays spiral football. And especially those perfect grill marks on a high quality cut of locally sourced prime beef. It takes lots of time to perfect quality, but a quick, simple call or message to Tucker Family Beef can put locally born, raised, fed, and processed beef in your family's freezer so you can practice and perfect those satisfying grill marks. Give Monty Tucker a call at Tucker Family Beef, 580-515-4477.